Tuesday, March 29th, we've got MLB Network's Robert Flores joining the show. Jack McMullen, Aram Layton. We'll get to row flow in a moment to talk current state of Major League Baseball. New time for MLB Central, which is my choice over SportsCenter 100 times out of 10. Uh, and then also, he may or may not give Aram a tip on hitting an MLB The Show. But first, Albert Pujols is a Cardinal. World rejoice. All is right. Oh, my lordy, Aram. I'm so excited, man. I, beautiful outcome, I think, of the expanded rosters. It would have been hard for them to justify that one otherwise. I am upset, though, about what it means. And again, this is just such a loser thing for me to say. I realized as well, I was Lars saying Newport. it. Not Newbar, Juan Yepes. Because yeah. I just watched Juan Yepes on the spring train, at, at the spring training complex. Guy is ready to go. But sorry, I think we, for sure now we might see one of those guys dealt. Who cares? Okay, who cares? Albert Pujols is back and now for the final year of these three guys together it's going to be yadi wayno and pujols going out together that's freaking awesome dude go sling yepes in a filler for starting pitching go get a winner god forbid i mean they they, they don't have pit- matt's got shelled shelled <laughs> he gave up six runs in two-thirds of an inning and guess what they did they took him out they put him back in after you can do that in the spring apparently oh put him back no. in he sucked again like it was in the same game. He sucked twice. If it's not your day, it's not your day, dude. I don't know why they did that. And Libertors looked a little shaky. They need pitching so bad. Trade Yepes, trade other guys, get pitching, do it. They might. Uh, Pujols needs 21 home runs for 700. Long shot, but a, a hot start. We could believe a little bit. Dude, Libby got taken to Neptune by Francisco Lindor this weekend. Yes, that he did that he did is there a way that pujos gets to 350 pas he's gonna be a platoon dh with dickerson right yeah he's a lefty masher so i mean look at pujos's numbers last year against lefties he still crushes them if he starts like every game against lefties maybe here's the thing i'm so excited to see pujos in the box watching him run like it 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 really depresses me i want so you remember like in kickball growing up if you just had a a big bopper they would kick it and somebody else would run for them Mm -hmm. that's what i want albert to be doing i'd rather him just power walk yeah i think it's the same speed and it won't look as painful well and he's at the age now where it's socially acceptable in the mall right Yes. He runs like he has snowshoes on. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. I, I and can't. snow pants. It's, but he can still hit it. He can still hit it. And I can't wait. I don't know how it's going to go. I, I hope he stays healthy. I hope he got in a better shape. He had a little bit of a gut going on. We, we don't gut shame. I've got a little bit of a gut. But if we're playing Major League Baseball, got to objectively say he's got a little bit of a gut going on. If he's in better shape, yeah, maybe we'll see a little bit more out of him, but I just can't wait to see that first home run back. 
there again uh, and, and seeing the crowd go wild. I hope he has 21 of them, but hell, I mean, it's just going to be cool to see him back in a Cardinals uniform. Dude, I want Albert to put one into Big Mac land so yeah, bad so on like bad. opening day. So bad. That would be awesome. Um, did, the, did the team get any more enticing with Albert? Like, I think there's a level of you have what he brings to the clubhouse, which is cliche as hell. But just from a pure baseball standpoint, look at what he did against lefties last year. If you're deploying him in just that role, I think they're slightly better. Like that, that's a guy off the bench that is really good against lefties. He serves you no other purpose. And generally, I would say it's not worth the roster spot. That's the big thing, right? If it's a 26-man roster, it's not worth the spot. It, he hurts you. 28-man roster, it, it's, a, it's a free roster spot. Use it on a guy that is a very niche specialty at this point, but he's damn good at it. I mean, his OPS was above 900. It might have been above 1,000 against lefties last year and a decent sample size. Like, if he's just doing that, you have the liberty to do that with the three extra spots. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you there. He also, you have to factor in, sells tickets. He sells That's, so many tickets on a daily basis. Maybe it'll implore them to, to actually go spend a little bit more money on their freaking rotation or acquire a starting pitcher. Uh, but here's the numbers, 939 OPS against lefties. And this was a good sample size, right? 146 plate appearances, 13 home runs. 294, 336, 603 slash line against lefties. You can afford to deploy a guy in that specific role with the extra roster spots. It's a good addition. Dude, this guy's got a career 947 OPS against left-handed pitching. You know, yeah, that's insane. You know what depresses me though about, about the whole Pujols thing uh, is you look at the numbers at in St. Louis, his 11 years in St. Louis, 328, 420, 617. That's a 1,037 OPS with 445 home runs. You imagine if he did that for another five, six years, instead of tapering off like he did in LA. You call it tapering off? It, what happened there? I was being, I was being diplomatic. Yeah. Um, he's arguably the greatest hitter ever. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like what that stretch is arguably the greatest 11 year stretch we've ever seen. Easily. Who else is there? Ty Cobb. Um, Ted Williams in the modern era bonds bonds. And that's it. But bonds I mean, didn't have the, the pure hit thing that Pujols had going on there. The line drives the, yeah, it, it was more walks. Pujols didn't walk that much. The, 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 the it always depresses thing, me seeing that though. It does. Yeah. The, the closest thing that we've seen to it is that like three, four year stretch that Miggy had in yes, Detroit. Um, and even then, Pujols did it for 11. Like that's so much better than three years. It's, it's just, that's the one thing is seeing the way he hit that wall. I mean, he had more war in one month in St. Louis than I think he did in his entire career <laughs> with, with the angels. And uh, it's just rough. It's rough. And it really impacted his overall career stats. You know, it, it did kill the average. It killed a lot of other things, but you know what? he can still hit 700 home runs and that's going to be pretty darn cool. One other thing I wanted to mention, Jack, I, I know Nick Castellanos homered during another apology. Uh, this time it was the uh, Blue Jays pitching coach apologizing for his DUI. And it wasn't even homered. him. It was, it was Buck Martinez. It was the Blue Jays broadcast crew apologizing on behalf of the Blue Jays pitching coach. Such so weird. Uh, but 
way more interesting to me, my, maybe one of my favorite quotes I've seen in a long time. And Nick Castellanos is just so damn cool. I don't have a college degree. I hit baseballs. That's what Nick Castellanos said in his introduction to Philly. He's like, this is, this is what I do. I don't have a college degree. I hit baseballs. I, I want to put that on a t-shirt. Dude, he's underrated, like one of my favorite players to just watch his daily interactions. Like he is, get your popcorn ready in Philly in a good way. He's so funny and the fans are going to love him. Love him. They loved him in Chicago. They loved him, loved him in Cincinnati, and they're going to love him in Philly too. Um, Do we need to talk about Matt Beatty going to San Diego? No. Um, Matt, uh, what does he do for them? Here's Robert Flores. (laughs) Robert Flores is a host for MLB Network and is one of the hosts of MLB Central with Mark DeRosa and Lauren Shahadi. New time for MLB Central, one of the best programs on television. I'd say Euphoria uh, and maybe MLB (laughs) Central, too. Uh, You get the bump up to 9 a.m., which kicks in on opening day next week. Are you prepped for the earlier wake-up call, Robert? Well, yes. And, and to get back to Euphoria, interestingly enough, we have the same amount of nudity uh, <laughs> as Euphoria does, which is odd. I mean, it, we're a baseball show, but, you know, we try to do a little bit of everything for everyone. Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's I, I think it's going to be uh, a little bit of an adjustment, but but hopefully not too big of, of one. Uh, we're, we're just eager to, you know, get the day started, hopefully get exposed to a, a different audience. Obviously people's morning schedules now as more and more people are starting to get back to work in the office. Uh, their morning schedules is obviously a, a big part of what they do. So hopefully we can, by being on an hour earlier, uh, get expanded to a new or get exposed to a brand new audience. Robert, I absolutely love this lineup with you, Lauren, and Dero. I mean, Lauren is an absolute star. Like seeing her yeah. sideline stuff that she's doing with the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. and then with postseason baseball too. And I mean, Dero's Dero. Like, how fun is it to go into the office every day and work with those two? No, I I, I love it. I mean, we have a really good group, and and it's not just uh, uh, the the three of us or any of the other analysts that are a part of the show in in you know in, in front of the camera. But we have so many talented men and women uh, behind the scenes that really make our jobs, one, easier, and two, a a lot of fun. Um, We have a really, um, there's a a sense of collaboration on our show that I really enjoy. And and, and I think it it just makes it uh, one of the reasons uh, why we have such a good time on the air. About 10 years ago, I was fortunate enough to swing through the uh, Secaucus studio over there uh, through Al Leiter, who's actually been a family friend of ours for a while. And he was nice enough to take like 12 year old me. Actually, it was probably 12 years now. uh, And my father at the time through all the way through the whole studio and just seeing everything. It suffices to say, I texted my mom and said, this is the best day of my life. And she still talks about it to this day. (laughs) Greg Amsinger took the time to like hang out with me, show me the ropes. And that was one of the moments where I realized, okay, if I don't go pro, which I realized a lot later that that wasn't happening. (laughs) If I don't go pro. Yeah. Yeah. I was 12. It was still, it was still in the pipeline for me at the time that this is what I wanted to do. And, And I think, you know, I think some people would say the novelty wears off at times when you do the same thing over and over again. But 
I feel like something about that studio and, and the environment and everything there. I mean, what does it feel like walking in there every day? Not to mention the set, some of the different areas yeah. you have a literal mini baseball field uh, that you get to work right. on. It's got to be just surreal every day. Yeah, it, it's really, we're, we're fortunate. We have some really good facilities. Uh, studio 21, where MLB Central uh, originates from, is outstanding. It, it looks great on TV. It's huge. It's got a lot of space. And then um, you mentioned Studio 42, our, our demo field, uh, you know, a de facto baseball field. So that, that really allows our analysts to shine and really take viewers uh, kind of behind the curtain of, of, of the game. And, and we have some of the, the best analysts, I, I think, uh, across the board in any sport uh, in television because they have a really they do a really good job of explaining to people uh, explaining to fans what is what is going on, trying to simplify what I think is the most difficult game in the world to uh, to succeed at. And to you, show it too. Sorry to cut you off, Jack, because the one thing that I love is is being able to show it with the hitters off the tee or yeah. like the vi- there's so many viral clips of like Eric Burns leveling a, a wall of, of what I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. Was it buckets or Gatorade buckets? Yeah. There you go. Uh, like, was there a moment in the studio where this was just like a, when you first had an opportunity to say, like, whoa, this guy is here with us doing this. I know you've been at it for a while now, but did you ever have that moment where it was like, whoa, I'm talking swings with this guy or pitching with this guy? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, just to be able to talk hitting, uh, or getting hearing Jim Tomey uh, explain, you know, how his, his approach uh, in the box and, and the different things that that he learned and and picked up. So, um, yeah, I mean, to, to to just to be around guys like that, Pedro Martinez. I, I know that there's a there's a viral clip from a couple of years ago where Pedro was in Studio 42, and he mentioned he he made a point of watching uh, guys's uh, guys, uh, their, their warm-up swings, how they swung, how they got ready in the box. That warm-up swing indicated where they liked the ball, where they felt more comfortable, where they felt that they could do the most damage. And he purposely avoided those areas if he could. So I, I thought that that was very interesting. Just little things. That little details, I think, uh, when, when our analysts can point them out, it's almost like a wow, I didn't know that. And, and those are, it. I think, for our, really make for some extra special moments. Hey, Robert Flores, we're going to get regular season MLB baseball next week, which is unbelievable. Again, opening yeah. day, April 7th, MLB Central gets going at 9 a.m. that day. Before we do that, you are a Houston Cougar. Is yes. Kelvin Sampson the best coach in America? Man, I think he's, I think he's definitely in the conversation. Um, what, what he did with that uh, Houston Cougar basketball team this season, especially losing their, their top two scores. Uh, it, it's remarkable. I, I just love how, I just love how they play. I, I love how they fight and uh, they really force other teams to match their intensity and their physicality and they play hard all the time. And I, I just love the kind of pressure that they put on opposing teams. And 
what he's done with that program since his arrival is amazing. And they're only getting better. They have a, I believe they have a top five recruiting class next year, wow. uh, coupled with the returns of, of Sasser and, and, and Tremont Mark. So I think the future is definitely bright for, for university of Houston. I'm glad, uh, Kelvin Sampson is, uh, is our coach. hundred percent. Uh, let's talk baseball now though. Um, you, you put out a, a couple of power rankings. You put out yeah. uh, your top five teams that are heavyweights to win the World Series. You also put out some mm -hmm. top five uh, AL teams. I want to start right. with the American League. You've got Toronto one, the White Sox two, Houston three, Tampa Bay four, Boston five. Right. Toronto, you look at the Blue Jays and it, it feels clear as day to me. There were a lot of offseason winners. There were a lot of teams that got noticeably better, right? The yeah. Dodgers added Freddie Freeman. The Twins got Correa. But the Blue Jays added like three or four pieces that just put them over the top. Why are the Blue Jays the best team in the American League? Well, I think as it, I mean, obviously games have to be played. Um, but I think when you look at what that offense did uh, last season, um, coupled with a full season of Jose Barrios. You got Hyunjin Ryu, who's been outstanding. Kikuchi is, a, is tremendous for a tremendous option for the back of the rotation. Um, I, I just love their rotation. I love their lineup. The bullpen is probably, if you're looking at all three areas, that's probably the one that maybe is a little less of a known commodity, but I, I thought that uh, Merriweather looked really good before he got injured. He did come back towards the end of the season. Um, but, but I just think that, that they're primed to win that division. Now, look, you, you've got the Jays, you've got the Rays, you've got the Red Sox and you got the Yankees. I mean, that, that is a, that's a fatal four way right there. Yes. Um, but as it stands now, I, I just feel that the, that the Jays have the best chance of winning that division. Um, they probably would be my way too early pick to win the pennant. Um, but I'm not counting out. And, and the reason I had the Jays in there uh, right behind them in that division is because I'm, I'm through counting out the Tampa Bay race. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not doing it anymore. So um, they did win a hundred games last year. They win the division ultimately lost to the Red Sox. But I, I, I think that uh, right now for me in that division, I think that's the pecking order. It's really funny with the Rays. It's like they, they win 9,500 games, and then we go back through the offseason. They don't do anything crazy, and we go get ready to gear up for the next year, and everyone almost forgets that they had just won 9,500 games, and, and yeah. we do it all over again, and they exceed expectations all over again. Uh, you've had some guys, I think, in the studio that have, that have played for the Rays. I mean, even Carlos Pena uh, is a guy mm -hmm. that played for the Rays. I, I know it's not all of the same faces behind the scenes and things like that, but, but what do players say? And, and your analysts say about what stands out about the way the Rays approach baseball and, and what is a player's perspective on that from what you've gathered? Well, I, I think just the fact that they have to win in the margins. Um, they have to do things a little bit differently. And, and also, and, and Carlos and, and Cliff Floyd, they've, they've made a point to mention this, that if you go to Tampa Bay, you have to understand that they do things differently. Um, whether you're a veteran or a young player, uh, they're going to utilize you in, in ways that, that maybe you're not used to and you really have to have the faith. And I, I, think that that, I think that faith is warranted considering how successful they've been over the last several years. So it, it's definitely different. There, it's, it's a unique culture. It's a unique way of going about things. And uh, our, our guys that have played there have said that, that that's, a one, that's the one constant there. 
that you have to understand you're going to a franchise that they do things differently. They do things maybe a little bit unusual that it's going to take you aback, but you just have to trust them. And that's probably the toughest adjustment that any player that's coming to an organization uh, has to make when they go to Tampa. So to me, you know, obviously they're not the best. They're not necessarily top flight in terms of rotation because you've got DeGrom and Scherzer in the same starting rotation, but the Tampa Bay Rays have one of the most intriguing starting rotations this year to me because Tyler Glass now likely to miss the entirety of the year. You've got McClanahan, Boz, who will be a true rookie, Rasmussen, Patino, and then, oh, by the way, they go and get Corey Kluber. So speaking to what you just said, that's a vet coming in ready to adopt a new identity. What does a guy like Corey Kluber bring to that team that can possibly elevate everybody? Well, I, I jokingly said uh, or tweeted that when they uh, when they signed him, I jokingly said something like Corey Kluber now going to win the Cy Young. Yeah. Um, just because that is that's such a raise move, right? To right. sign Corey Kluber, obviously closer to the end of his career than his prime. Um, but I still think that there's there's stuff there. There's still left. There's things still left in the tank there. I mean, we saw it in, in brief glimpses. Uh, when he was with the Yankees, he threw a no hitter, uh, then soon after got hurt. So, so health is, is going to be a problem uh, or not a problem, but something to monitor uh, for, for Corey Kluber. But, but I think going to um, a new franchise, particularly this franchise, I think it could do wonders for Corey Kluber. Absolutely. And I'm looking at some of the arms that they have on the way too. I mean, there's a lot of depth arms that just seem to emerge out of nowhere. We know the AL East is going to be an absolute, just it's going to be a bloodbath for for lack of a better description. As you mentioned, what's the other division that you're most excited to watch this year? Uh, I'm, I'm biased. I grew up, I'm down here actually visiting my mom at home. And this is my childhood room, as you can see with some of my favorite things behind me uh, with Griffey in the back. Right. But I grew up a Marlins fan, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, So I am biased towards the NL. You got two titles. You got got two world series titles. I was born in 97. More, you have more World Series titles than division titles. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, it is wild. And, and I always wonder what it would be like if it happened now. I remember it as a kid in 03, and that was it was surreal. I couldn't appreciate yeah. it because right. at that point, I was like, okay, my team's good. And then from 2009 on, they have not finished over 500. And that's yeah. the team that I, I've really become to know. Um, that's a really good division as well. I'm a little biased. Right. Do you think the NL East is the second or or right there with them with the most exciting uh, division to really watch in terms of parity and and top flight teams? Or is there anybody else you're looking at? No, I I think it's I think both both Eastern divisions in both leagues, I think, are going to be very fascinating for the entire season. I I think the National League East uh, look, uh, you've got the Braves, obviously defending champs. You've got the Phillies. They've made a bunch of moves. Uh, you've got the Mets. They're just spending money and gathering stars like crazy. And and your Miami Marlins, look, um, they have they they you could make the case that they have the deepest pitching staff in all of baseball. Um, they have tremendous arms. They have great depth both in the rotation and the bullpen. A lot of talent there. Do they have enough position players? That's what. That's what I want to know. I think Jazz Chisholm has the potential to be a superstar in this game. Um, so there's a lot of young talent there. I'm going to need some of the position players for the Marlins to step up because they're not going to concede anything. They're, they're going to be difficult to beat because of their pitching. 
But do are they going to have enough offense? That's the big question for me going into 2022 for the Marlins. Yeah, I, I think Avi Garcia and Jorge Soler had Arm pulling his hair out a little bit um, because yeah. I think he was hoping just for a teensy bit more. When you look at teams that got better this offseason, who really jumps out to you? I think the Mets, um, just because of the different things that they addressed. Uh, they were not a great defensive team last season, especially in the outfield. I, I, I like what the the acquisitions of Starling Marte. I like Mark Canna. Um, so, and then, but look, it, it's going to start with Jacob DeGrom. Is he going to be healthy? If he's going to, if he's going to be healthy all season, if he's going to make close to 30 starts, be in that neighborhood. They're going to win a lot of games, but if he's going to miss time, then I don't know. Uh, Max Scherzer, look, we, we saw what last we saw him. He maybe wasn't a hundred percent. Uh, in the playoffs. I blame that on the Dodgers outsmarting themselves and getting too cute. Yes. Um, but if Scherzer and DeGrom are relatively healthy, if they're consistent, if we see them make starts, they're going to be good and they're going to win a lot of games. How about the guy at the helm as well? Familiar face, uh, Buck Showalter. Yeah. You know, we look at the Mets last year, I think there was there was a lot going on, you know, maybe behind that that they needed to improve on that side of things too. The talent was there last year. There's even more talent now, but they probably needed a more experienced manager. I think that was widely considered a fact. And now yeah. we see one of the more experienced guys come back into the fold here. And I know a lot of people in the Mets world are very excited about Buck. What are you expecting there? And uh, how, how excited are you to see him back at the helm? Um, I expect under Buck Showalter, the Mets are going to be the most prepared team in all of baseball. Um, just talking with, with Mark DeRosa, who played for Buck uh, in Texas for a couple of seasons. Uh, Mark said about Buck, he's, he's remarkable. He, he knows everything that's going on. Um, nothing gets by him. And whenever we stepped on the field, uh, there was nothing that happened that surprised us. We, we, we may have been outplayed, maybe made some mistakes, uh, but we were never, never unprepared. So I, I expect the Mets, that's one of the, the many reasons why I think the Mets have a real shot to win the World Series, because that's how much I think of, of Buck Showalter and what he can bring to that team. Well, and their version of the rally monkey is is now the voodoo bucket. Uh, I saw that on your guys' network earlier today. You know what I'm talking about? I'm not about. familiar like, with this. I'm oh, yeah, it was all over. I saw Harold and Matty V talking about it on a, on Hot Stove. They had Buck on to talk about this voodoo bucket that's apparently uh, maybe at a, a local bar in uh, Port St. Lucie, which is where their spring mm -hmm. training facility is. Yep. There's There's a place where you have... Uh, a drink that comes in a bucket type thing with four straws and, and Buck was oh, talking about that. So okay. he was, uh, he had a good time with, with the voodoo bucket um, nice. there. So that, it, what kind of guy is Buck Showalter getting to getting to know him over the last couple of years, what kind of guy is going to be interacting with New York media? <laughs> uh, he's, he's very, very, he's obviously brilliant. He is, uh, he's got a biting wit. He's sneaky, funny. Yeah. And, and as, and as I said, um, Nothing gets past him. He is, he lives the game and he's constantly, uh, you can tell he's constantly thinking of ways to beat his opponent. Even when he wasn't managing, even when he was working for us in the past couple of seasons, he'd come in uh, on, on a particular morning and, and talk about something that happened the night before. And he'd say, well, this is how 
this is how they could have done, uh, how they could have uh, counteracted that or, or countered it, or this is how they could have beaten it. So he, he's just, like I said, he's a baseball savant. He's a baseball lifer. Um, so th- they're, they're going to be, there's a bunch of reasons why they're going to be drastically better, I think. And, and Buck Walter is, is, is right among there. So you grew up an Astros fan, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. right? Growing up from that yeah. area. How do you feel about the Astros moving forward this season? They're one of the favorites in the American League. They they still have that ridiculous core. One of my favorite guys to to take that next leap into MVP consideration is Kyle Tucker in yeah. terms of the bat to ball and then production. You just don't see that combination that much in today's game. And how about that guy, Justin Berlander? That's going to be coming back now and looks freaking good in spring yeah. training. How do you feel? I mean, you have a little bit of that, that World Series loss hangover, but how do you feel about the Astros heading back into this season? Well, I, I think that they're the favorites to win their division still. Uh, when you look at the other teams, the Mariners are, uh, they've got a, lot to, got a lot of momentum going into this season. I think the Angels are going to be better. Uh, Trout, how, you know, is Trout going to be healthy? Uh, is Otani going to be healthy? Hopefully they're, they're, they're hopeful that both of those cases are true, but I still think that the Astros um, are the, the favorites right now to win that division. That being said, there's a couple of things that concern me. Uh, I'm a big believer in you've got to be strong up the middle. Uh, that includes Jeremy Pena, who figures to take over for Carlos Correa at shortstop. Extremely talented, young ball player, but he's a rookie. He's not going to be Carlos Correa, and I think it's unfair to expect that of him. Uh, also, Jake Myers, their center fielder, another young player, he was injured in the playoffs last season against the White Sox. He's not going to be available to start the year because he had shoulder surgery. So what's Chaz McCormick going to do? He had some pretty good moments in the postseason. He has some experience, but he's still a young player as well. So those are a couple of th- areas of concern for me. Uh, about the Astros. What are they going to look like up the middle, specifically at shortstop and at center field? What do you think about that rotation? I know Lance McCullers, he's had a very stop and start off season. It was originally forearm tightness. And then Mm -hmm. I guess it, it progressed into something a little bit bigger, but you've got, you know, Verlander at the front, he comes back on a one plus one. Then you've got McCullers who, you know, can get healthy. And then Luis Garcia, Framber Valdez, like how does that rotation stack up in the AL? I think it's um, I think it's the deepest rotation uh, maybe in the American League, uh, providing that Lance McCullers is back and healthy and and productive. Uh, he's a very very important part of that rotation. Uh, I love uh, the experience that Luis Garcia got in the postseason. Jose Arquiti is solid uh, to sometimes a lot more than solid, but. It's going to be interesting for me to see what they decide to do with Jake Odorizzi, Christian Javier. What are they going to do at the back end of that bullpen? And how do they manage that considering the compressed spring training? I don't think you're going to see a lot of starting pitchers right away at the beginning of the season going seven, eight innings. I mean, look, we don't really see that to begin with under normal circumstances. So I I really don't think we're going to see it under these. So I think that the Astros have are in a good spot right now with, with the depth, but obviously Lance, for me, Lance McCullers is kind of that X factor. Um, I, I think he's got to be uh, healthy and he's got to be productive. Um, also one, one other name, I'll give you the rookie Forrest Whitley uh, Astro fans and the Astros brass have been waiting on this young man to, to have an impact. He's coming off Tommy John. I think he's scheduled to, to be ready to go 
uh, sometime around May. But that could be an interesting name that you see during the course of the season in that rotation. Insane stuff. And uh, one time was one of the most exciting pitching prospects in baseball. So anything that the Astros can get out of him would be would be a nice bonus. I feel like you, you probably might be a little bit tired of talking about this, but I really want to get your thoughts on it. The rule changes or mm-hmm. possible rule changes. It's, yeah. it's something that is talked about a lot, but you can't avoid it. It's very important. Uh, I want to sure. start with the ghost runner, quote unquote, uh, because mm-hmm. I, I always think it's funny that they call it a ghost runner when there's a literal runner. Yeah, I'm with second. you. That, that's an actual person out there. It's not yes, a ghost. That, that, that is a person. human being. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real guy out there. And um, yeah. But I, I get the premise. I'm not a fan of it from the jump, like, you know, top right. of the 10th. I think you should play out an inning or two. I'm okay with it when we get to the 12th. That's my take on it. I'm yeah. curious how you feel about it. And then also, I mean, you have a lot of big leaguers around you. Our advisor, Jeff Conine uh, for just baseball. He, he's an old school guy, obviously right. 18 years in the big leagues. He hates it. Uh, and I think a lot of guys that played it, you know, played for a while, don't like it. I'm curious your take. And then what the pulse is on a lot of the analysts that played in, at the studio. I think getting back to, uh, look, obviously, Jeff Conine knows more about the game of baseball than uh, has forgotten more about the game of baseball than I will ever know. Um, But I I do think that there are a lot of current players that do enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there are a lot of current players that enjoy it, especially uh, this season, because they've got to get in a lot of games in fewer days than anticipated. Here's the reason I like it. I don't necessarily need to see, you, you know, in, in the month of, on, on, in June 15th, two teams playing 18, 19 inning games, knowing that uh, one, it's the month of June and two, both their pitching staffs are going to be wrecked for the next five to 10 days. Well, and you got a you know? show to host at 9am the next a- morning. A- absolutely. <laughs> that, that's the other thing. So uh, during the playoffs, no play it out. That's the playoffs. Let's just play it out. But for a regular season game between two random teams in the month of July, I mean, what are we trying to do here? And also look, I think you, if you, one of the criticisms or one of the things that the the powers that be have been trying to get with baseball is more action. Let's get more. I mean, I can't think of a better way. You're going to the 10th inning and coming back from a commercial there's already a guy in scoring position. And how is that manager going to play? Is he going to bump that guy over or is he just going to play it straight? So I, I think that uh, th- there's a lot, there's a lot of great outcomes as a result of this. So that's why I'm in favor of it in the regular season. I could, I see your point about maybe playing an inning or two straight. And then you go to this particular rule of putting the runner at second. I would say let's play the 10th straight. And yeah. let's start up with the runner at second in the 11th. How about that? And I will say, you bring up a point that just sparked a thought in my mind is when I'm going through, you know, if we're sitting at in our apartment or we're like going through MLB TV and I yeah. saw a game was in extra innings in the past, man, eh, I don't really care because you don't think they're going to yeah. score for a while. When now I see a game in extra innings, you know, that like you said, there's a guy on second base. I'm throwing that on. It's a yeah. jam. It's more likely the run scores than it doesn't. I'm pretty sure man on second, no outs, I think is more than 50%. Like that's exciting. So I do see that side of it too. And it's like you said, just the regular season, similar to how yeah. hockey does the three on three. Sure. They scrapped that in the postseason, right? Yes. I, I'm, I'm not almost a big hockey certain. guy. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, like I said, I, I think that during the playoffs, 
you play it straight. Obviously, those are high. Those are games with with very high stakes. And I don't think we need this particular facet of, of the game in the postseason. You know, I, I know you play MLB The Show regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aram can't really hit. No. Uh, I, I need really? to go. I need to put the training wheels back on. Like, I don't, okay. I don't do the zone or anything like that. Uh, can you give Aram some pointers on, on yeah, how to Yeah, I can. Absolutely. And I've, I've got my controller right here. Okay, Perfect. look, Aram, I'm going to tell you. I'm, have you heard of the crab method? No, the crab <laughs> method. Okay. Index finger, thumb right here. Now, a lot of people will control. This is the PCI right here. This is where you control kind of for those not initiated the, the PCI plate coverage indicator. This is your aiming mechanism. So I used to, and a lot of people have the thumb right there on the That's PCI. What I this using two fingers, I feel like it allows you one to be a little quicker and two, it allows you to have more flexibility in where the PCI or the aiming mechanism goes. So try it. Pointer Robert finger, Flores. index finger and thumb together on that left stick, moving it like that. You might have just changed my life, Robert Flores, because we were doing some streaming too. Not nearly uh, as many people piling in, but we were actually joking about it too. Once we got you, once we found out you were going to be able to come on the show, I was like, I want to play with Robert, but he'll, he'll work me. Like it won't, it won't be fun to watch. So yeah. I'm going to practice. Oh, that's, that is that is a fact. I will work you. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, now I got the crab method. Let's circle back in a little bit, and, and I would right. love to. I would love to square off against you. But thank you for the yeah. Tip. But give it, give it a try. It might work. Because my problem is this, and the last thing I'll say on this, is I, I, I feel like I either have to decide whether I'm swinging or not or move the PCI. I can't do both at the same time. And like that, I guess that's something I got to just like keep working on. Well, but. and the other thing is this, this thumb that hovers, kind of hu- keep this thumb hovering above the X button. Okay. Game like ho- hover uh, above the X button. And, and like I said, uh, also one other thing I'll say is when you're playing someone online, more often than not, I'd say seven out of 10 times, you can pick up your opponent's pitch pattern. Yes. Because that, a lot of players, they run the same pitch pattern. There's going to be some guys you run into that you don't know what they're going to throw, and they're just better than you. That's just how it's going to be. Um, but kind of see if you can pick up on your opponent's pitch pattern. And lastly, focus on the ball as it's being released focus on the ball as it's still in the pitcher's hand right before release. You like in real baseball, if you see that ball pop out of his hand, if you see the ball pop out of his hands, you know, it's going to be a breaking ball. I find that that is also the same in MLB, the show. Wow. How about that? Some game changer stuff right there. I love it. Thank you, Robert. And uh, when we look ahead to the game in 2022, they just announced my guy, my favorite player of all time, Dontrell Willis. Dontrell Willis. I am. Yeah. I can't tell you how ecstatic. I, that that's a game changer. I'm I'm literally pre-ordering it now. I was gonna get it anyways, but just expedited the process. Can't wait. I'm more excited to hit with him. To be honest, they better boost up Good those hitter. hitting stats, or I'll yeah, be I'll be writing a letter. Uh, anybody that you know that is announced that you're excited to play with that's getting added to the game. Yeah, the guy that they just announced with him, J.R. Richard. Um, obviously, I grew up an Astros fan. I grew up in Houston. Uh, J.R. Richard is probably the best pitcher that either you don't know about or doesn't get talked about enough. His career was cut short by a stroke, unfortunately, in 1980. But if 
just go on YouTube and, and just put it, put J.R. Richard into the, into the search and look at what he did in the 1980 All-Star game. Uh, he was a little bit before his time, a big, big man, 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he threw well. He, he definitely was over 100 miles per hour and just an imposing figure. So I, I can't wait to use digital uh, J.R. Richard uh, in the game. How about that? Any bats? Ryan Howard. I'm super excited for Ryan Howard. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Howard, I think is going to be a fun card to play with. Um, who are some others? The Joe Maurer card, I think could be interesting. Um, but yeah, you're right. You're right. That Ryan Howard card, that's definitely going to be fun to hit tanks with. Hey, before we let you go, just catching up on accreditation. Did you invent the crab method or did somebody else? Invent I did crab? not. I did not. There was a, there was a guy in my stream that told me about it. I mean, I was having a, a very difficult time hitting. Now, look, I'm not, I'm not saying that I've become, you know, Mike Trout at the plate, but I'm definitely making better contact. And you just, two things, try the crab method and Aram, uh, look, look to just be, just be quicker. Yeah. Don't be late. You don't want to be late. <laughs> that's the thing that that's the thing. Don't want to be late. You want to be early if possible, because uh, if you're I'm late. in, I don't need I don't need to be Mike Trout. I'm cool with being Magnara Sierra at this point. I just need to put the yeah. bat on the ball and run. So I, I, right. I'm appreciate it. I'm looking forward to circling back and telling you how I can rake now. Yeah, absolutely. Let me know. Thank you so much, Robert. Hey, you got it, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, enjoy the baseball season. The crab method. We got to figure out, uh, yes, good job doing that. Yeah, I'm sure the fine folks at Spotify and Apple Podcasts love you not talking and instead just doing it in the camera, like what the crab method is. Um, it is pretty much pinching with your index finger and your thumb, the left uh, toggle. Is that what it's called? Joystick? Like the it's, left it's joystick? joystick. It's yeah, joystick. pinching it and, and moving it around with two. It's like you're precise. It's like, uh, I don't know, you're you're running like a, a Navy battleship type of thing. Yeah. And I didn't want to say this because I saw how seriously Roflo takes his, uh, his MLB, the show when I, when I was like, you'll, you'll crush me. And he's like, you're right. Yes. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't want to mention this on the stream. Cause it, he would have, it would have been disgraceful uh, or on the stream on the uh, podcast, but I was streaming back at our studio in New York and yeah you know, what was just answering prospect questions. And I was like, okay, you know, why don't I play a game of the show and I'm playing online and you know, there's really active chat. I'm going to stream more this year too, where we're going to do a little bit more of it, but really active chat. They're all asking me prospect questions. They're trolling me because I'm getting carved up by DeGrom. All of a sudden someone says, arm, you don't have a hit yet. It's the seventh inning. I'm like, shit. So now I'm pressing, I'm pressing, I'm pressing, I'm pressing. Uh, I can't get a hit. It's now the eighth with two outs. The game is a weird thing where if you don't adjust the settings, it automatically shifts certain guys. Uh, so I'm up in the eighth, two outs. I'm getting no hit. Kevin Biggio comes up. Kevin Biggio and MLB 21, the show, automatic shift guy. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, people are starting to really start talking about it. Like, oh, farm gets no hit and it's on tape, whatever. Jack, I, 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 I did a disgraceful thing. I bunted. bunted. I bunted. And I bunted down the third baseline, and it was a double. It was a freaking double. And you know what? I didn't pick up another hit after that. And I lost. But you know what? I didn't get no hit. I I still think about it. I don't feel great about it. But you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. You got hopefully do the crab method do. helps. Oh my God. Yeah. Try not to try not to do that again. I won't. I hopefully the crab method will will protect me from that. 
Have we announced that you had the personal news yet? Have we announced that yet? Uh, yeah, I think so yeah. last week. Yeah, well, congrats on the official tweet of personal news. Yeah, uh, nothing's actually calling... real until you tweet it, right? No, it's not real until you tweet it. 90 games that you'll be calling in Indy. Uh, very excited about that. Very, very excited to watch and tune in and also go attend some ball games. Uh, you will not get O'Neill Cruz, unfortunately. No. Uh, but you will get a lot of talented players all over um, and very excited to follow along there. And another excuse or not excuse, it's really a reason to go to Indy because I was never going to go otherwise. So there we go. I'll check off another city. Yeah. Uh, opening week is uh, Omaha visiting Indy. So Omaha might have uh, MJ Melendez guest on the call up which would suck because MJ yeah. deserves to be at Kauffman Stadium. They might also have Nick Prado, which would also suck because Nick Prado deserves to be at Kauffman Stadium. But Carlos Santana walks a lot. Yep. Sometimes more than he strikes out. Yeah. Um, also, to, to play-by-play nerd out a little bit, Fox announced that Kevin Burkhart is now the lead play-by-play guy on the NFL. Joe Buck made the move to ESPN for Monday Night Football. So Burkhart, Fox is in really good hands. And I do want to say... If Burkhart is the guy that's announcing the World Series, chances are they might go with Joe Davis for that, who is obviously freaking phenomenal and was Fox's number two baseball play-by-play guy before. Um, You're in good hands. But if Burkhart is the guy calling the World Series, because he's been doing pre- and post-game for the World Series, we're in such good hands. Kevin Burkhart is as smooth and talented as they come. And I can't wait to watch him do America's game of the week. I love Kevin Burkhardt. He, he tweeted out a, a picture somebody had, had had of him up in the booth. I don't know if it was the Cape or it was something adjacent to that. Maybe it was like a low A early gig. He looked I like think I know what you're younger. talking about. It's um, it's indie ball. I think it's the Atlantic League. And it was just so cool uh, to see that. I, and just to see him like share that. And, and he had some cool words with it. Just a guy that really... Uh, appreciates where he's at, but also just, it's always a great reminder. You see these guys at the top and, and this is the last thing I'll say on, on this. Cause you know, you know, I dabbled in play by play. I hope to do it a little bit down the line at some point. Um, you know, once we're settled at just baseball and uh, have a little bit more free time, it's something I do love, uh, but it's not really something you can dabble in. So, and as you can attest to, you've worked your ass off to get to where you are. I really, one of my biggest pet peeves is a broadcaster criticism culture. And I wanted to just close out on that. Uh, For whatever reason, Joe Buck has become like a meme through the years. And you know what? Joe Buck calls all of the biggest games for a reason. If you called every game all the time for hours on end, you are going to make blunders. It's impossible. Think about it when you speak every day. Do you always speak properly and not make one hesitation, not one mistake when you're talking to people day in and day out? All this to say, I just, I'm very sick of broadcast or criticism culture. Sometimes it's merited if it's really bad, but I really am just not a fan of it because I don't think people realize how hard these guys work to get there. You just see them on the network and you're like, oh, I could do that. These guys have worked their ass off to get to where they are. Jack has worked his ass off to get to where he is and he's not done yet. Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, Kevin Burkhart, you mentioned guys working hard. You see him, it's like, okay, so smooth, so comfortable. He's just a handsome dude, right? It's like, oh, this guy got the golden ticket, huh? This guy was selling used cars before he got the Mets sideline job. Selling used cars in Jersey. These guys work really hard. And listen, if you're making Joe Buck ESPN money, you're making Al Michaels Amazon money, you are really, really fucking good at your job. Uh, Joe Buck is 
phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I want you to view Joe Buck as a roommate. If you have a roommate, their flaws will piss you off. And then all of a sudden you only see the flaws. You don't see what you loved about them first that made you want to live with them. Uh, right. When you see Joe Buck on every World Series for the last 20 years and one out of every three Super Bowls, um, you know, you're going to notice a, a bunch of things and it's going to stick out like a sore thumb. It's only because you're watching him all the time. He feels like a, a roommate. He feels like he's always talking to you because he is. And you know what? He's really good at doing it. 100%. I think that's so, a great analogy. That's our thing. Robert Flores was awesome. Uh, we come back with you tomorrow. Are we doing a top 10? Maybe. Melendez out on the call up on Wednesday. Thanks.